This is AutoLine Daily, the show dedicated to enthusiasts of the automotive industry. And as we've been reporting since this coronavirus crisis broke out, the auto industry is really getting involved to help out. Tesla posted a YouTube video showing off a prototype ventilator it's developed using its own parts. It has a Model 3 touchscreen as its display and is powered by the Model 3's infotainment computer. The ventilator also features a backup battery, which provides 20 to 40 minutes of power. But Tesla did not provide a timeline as to when or how many of them it's going to produce. Magna also developed its own ventilator. It joined the open source community called Open Source Ventilator to work on the design. The ventilator, which is designed for use in field hospitals, uses a seat recline motor and lever to compress the self-inflating bag used in emergency rooms. Magna is working on sourcing components that could enable 500 hours or about 21 days of operation. And General Motors is encouraging more suppliers to get involved by offering them step-by-step plans to manufacture face masks for frontline workers in essential services. GM says any of its suppliers should send an email to GMNAR numeral 2 P-H-E-L-P at GM.com, and they should include their first and last name, their email address, their company name, and a DUNS number. They will then get a follow-up email from GM with directions on how to download the material. GM also revealed its plans on how it's keeping its Kokomo plant clean for making medical equipment. Everyone has to sanitize their hands immediately upon arrival and have their temperatures checked, and everyone wears masks. There is a 30-minute interval between shifts to allow employees to clean their stations when they arrive and before they leave. Each station is manned by one person and will be at least six feet apart. Cleaning crews will sanitize common surfaces three times a shift, and each shift enters and exits through a different door to minimize contact. Volume production kicks off in less than two weeks. Well, we knew this crisis was going to really hurt car sales, and now we've got some data that shows just how bad it could get. Ward's Intelligence reports that global sales fell 20% in February, which is the latest data available. Obviously, the numbers are going to get a lot worse since the full impact of the virus had not hit most global markets in February. We can probably expect sales to fall over 80% in Europe, North America, and South America in April. Now the question is, how soon and to what extent can the market recover? And here's another data point on the impact of this crisis on car dealers. Even though production came to a screeching halt in the U.S. market several weeks ago, inventory on dealers' lots actually increased. Dealers had over 3.7 million vehicles in inventory in March, up from 3.6 million in February. But because sales have almost completely dried up, The February numbers represent 69 days of inventory, while the March numbers represent 95 days. And no doubt, the day supply is going to skyrocket in April. There's a new racing series that's about to kick off, and this one is taking to the skies. Airspeeder is an electric flying car racing series that 
reminds us a little bit of drone racing, but with humans in the aircraft. The flying cars, made by a company named Alauda, already look a little like drones. Pilots will race head-to-head -head on desert racetracks at speeds up to 200 kilometers an hour. That's about 124 miles an hour. Augmented reality inside the cockpit will help pilots navigate the course. LiDAR and machine vision are meant to ensure close but safe racing and will also make digital no-fly zones around spectators and officials. Once the coronavirus lockdown is lifted, more testing will be done and the first races are scheduled to take place before the end of the year. And all this e-racing with motorsports is starting to turn out to be a pretty good thing. Fox's coverage of the NASCAR e-race, which was won by William Byron yesterday, was well done from a television production standpoint. And it's only going to get better as they get used to the format. There was also some good action over in IndyCar. Winner Scott McLaughlin beat out teammate Will Power by just 0.4 seconds. There's another good storyline going on in IndyCar as well. Robert Wickens, who was left paralyzed after an accident at Pocono two years ago, is getting another shot behind the wheel with e-racing. Despite not getting his racing simulator set up until Thursday and starting dead last in the field, Wickens was able to pilot his car to eighth place. He said the race felt like a real deal, and he hopes this is the first step for him to get back into a real Indy car. And remember, Robert Wickens has no use of his legs. He's had to do all the simulator racing only with his hands. Here's another one of those lesser-known models from Skoda's history. This bus and van with its own trailer is from 1908 and was specially made for the mountainous area around Montenegro. It could carry up to 12 people, had a maximum payload of 900 kilograms, that's about 2,000 pounds, and the trailer could carry another 1,500 kilograms or 3,300 pounds. It was powered by an advanced four-cylinder engine of the time that produced nearly 26 kilowatts or 35 horsepower and was mated to a four-speed transmission which drove the rear wheels. The vehicles were used until the First World War in 1916, but there are no known survivors. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone Tires, your journey, our passion. And by Borg Warner, propulsion solutions that support a clean, energy-efficient world. All of the auto industry is really struggling during this coronavirus crisis, but it's especially hitting mid-sized suppliers. RSM is a tax and audit company that has a number of mid-sized suppliers as clients, and here's how they're advising them on liquidity and cost management. You know, a lot of times, a lot of our clients and, and a lot of the market, uh, they're very, they have some sophisticated modeling that's in place that allows them uh, to really understand the short-term, mid-term, and long-term needs. But you know, John, I don't think anyone could have ever anticipated uh, the impact of, of what we're going through today. And so there are a lot of companies that don't have those models in place. So one of the things we work with our clients on uh, and we see a tremendous need is just the overall modeling out on the short term, the midterm and the long term cash needs of the organization from a financing and cash flow perspective. Um, I think the other thing that that we're we're working with our clients on is during this period of of distress on the business, it really has to do with, you know, really business and a revalidation of their business models. Um, you know, their operating models are gonna change. Uh, the new normal is, is unknown. 
Um, it's anticipated. They have expectations, but um, they need some assistance in really understanding the validation of, of what their business might look like in the future. Um, and I think the other aspect of liquidity, John, that we're seeing that our clients are really concerned about really has to do with some of the disputes that may come up uh, over the next uh, few months, disputes re regarding lease agreements or contracts or um, you know, just general disputes tied to the supply chain in general. And uh, I think our clients are very concerned about that. Again, it's, it's a little bit of, of new ground for them. Um, and, and it's something that, that they need some help um, in anticipating and bringing resolution to. Those are the kinds of things that we're seeing how we help our clients in, in the uh, area of liquidity and, and overall cost management. And of course, you can watch that full video right now on our YouTube channel. Even though we're not doing a whole lot of driving these days, we're still doing some test driving here in the Autoline garage. Last week, I had a Toyota 4Runner, a TRD off-road premium model. The 4Runner is a rugged body-on-frame SUV, and the TRD edition includes some serious hardware. Obviously, it comes with all-wheel drive, but it also gets skid plates, a locking rear differential, multi-terrain select modes, and what Toyota calls kinetic dynamic suspension, which provides more wheel travel at low off-road speeds. Of course, it comes with a graphics package, so everyone knows you're driving a TRD. And just so the driver doesn't forget, there are TRD logos on the headrest, the shift knob, and the floor mats. It also comes with a safety package that Toyota calls Safety Sense P, and yet the 4Runner only gets a four-star rating from NHTSA because front passenger protection only merits three stars in a frontal crash, driver protection only gets four stars, and the whole vehicle gets only three stars for rollover protection. Under the hood, the TRD edition is powered by a four-liter V6 that cranks out 270 horsepower and 278 pound-feet of torque. It also has dual independent variable valve timing. And while the engine is responsive, this SUV is rated at only 17 miles to the gallon. I think one reason why that number's so low is it only comes with a five-speed automatic transmission. The 4Runner drives and feels like a heavy, body-on-frame SUV. It's meant for serious off-road driving, not everyday commuting. The one criticism I have of this TRD version is the exhaust note. At light throttle, it's not pleasing. Instead of a throaty rumble, there's a constant drone in the cabin. And you pay $800 to get that drone if you select the TRD Pro Exhaust option. And since this SUV is priced at $47,000, skipping that option would be one way to knock the price down a bit. And that brings us to the end of today's report. Thanks for watching. We'll be back here again tomorrow.